Chapter Thirteen of Doctor Thorne by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nick Whitley, Purley, United Kingdom. Chapter Thirteen: The Two Uncles. <laughs> Laughed Sir Roger lustily as Doctor Thorne entered the room. Well, if that ain't rich, I don't know what is. <laughs> but why did they not put him under the pump? doctor the doctor however had too much tact and too many things of importance to say to allow of his giving up much time to the discussion of dr filgrave's wrath he had come determined to open the baronet's eyes as to what would be the real effect of his will and he had also to negotiate a loan for mr gresham if that might be possible dr thorne therefore began about the loan that being the easier subject and found that sir roger was quite clear-headed as to his money concerns in spite of his illness sir roger was willing enough to lend mr gresham more money six eight ten twenty thousand but then in doing so he should insist on obtaining possession of the title deeds What? the title deeds of greshamsbury for a few thousand pounds said the doctor i don't know whether you call ninety thousand pounds a few thousands but the debt will about amount to that ah that's the old debt old and new together of course every shilling i lend more weakens my security for what i have lent before but you have the first claim sir roger it ought to be first and last to cover such a debt as that if he wants further accommodation he must part with his deeds doctor the point was argued backwards and forwards for some time without avail and the doctor then thought it well to introduce the other subject well sir roger you're a hard man no i ain't said sir roger not a bit hard that is not a bit too hard money is always hard i know i found it hard to come by and there is no reason why squire gresham should expect to find me so very soft very well there is an end of that i thought you would have done as much to oblige me that is all what take bad security to oblige you well there's an end of that i'll tell you what i'll do as much to oblige a friend as any one i'll lend you five thousand pounds you yourself without security at all if you want it but you know i don't want it or at any rate shan't take it but to ask me to go on lending money to a third party and he over head and ears in debt by way of obliging you why it's a little too much well there's an end of it now i've something to say to you about that will of yours oh that's settled no scatcherd it isn't settled it must be a great deal more settled before we have done with it as you'll find when you hear what i have to tell you what you have to tell me said sir roger sitting up in bed and what have you to tell me 
your will says your sister's eldest child yes but that's only in the event of louis philippe dying before he is twenty-five exactly and now i know something about your sister's eldest child and therefore i have come to tell you you know something about mary's eldest child i do scatcherd it is a strange story and maybe it will make you angry i cannot help it if it does so i should not tell you this if i could avoid it but as i do tell you for your sake as you will see and not for my own i must implore you not to tell my secret to others sir roger now looked at him with an altered countenance there was something in his voice of the authoritative tone of other days something in the doctor's look which had on the baronet the same effect which in former days it had sometimes had on the stonemason can you give me a promise scatcherd that what i am about to tell you shall not be repeated a promise well i don't know what it's about you know i don't like promises in the dark then i must leave it to your honour for what i have to say must be said you remember my brother scatcherd remember his brother thought the rich man to himself the name of the doctor's brother had not been alluded to between them since the days of that trial but still it was impossible but that scatcherd should well remember him yes yes certainly i remember your brother said he i remember him well there's no doubt about that well scatcherd and as he spoke the doctor laid his hand with kindness on the other's arm mary's eldest child was my brother's child as well but there is no such child living said sir roger and in his violence as he spoke he threw from off him the bedclothes and tried to stand upon the floor he found however that he had no strength for such an effort and was obliged to remain leaning on the bed and resting on the doctor's arm there was no such child ever lived said he what do you mean by this dr thorne would say nothing further till he had got the man into bed again this he at last effected and then he went on with the story in his own way yes scatcherd that child is alive and for fear that you should unintentionally make her your heir i have thought it right to tell you this a girl is it yes a girl and why should you want to spite her if she is mary's child she is your brother's child also if she is my niece she must be your niece too why should you want to spite her why should you try to do her such a terrible injury i do not want to spite her where is she who is she what is she called where does she live the doctor did not at once answer all these questions he had made up his mind that he would tell sir roger that this child was living but he had not as yet resolved to make known all the circumstances of her history he was not even yet quite aware whether it would be necessary to say that this foundling orphan was the cherished darling of his own house such a child is at any rate living said he 
of that i give you my assurance and under your will as now worded it might come to pass that that child should be your heir i do not want to spite her but i should be wrong to let you make your will without such knowledge seeing that i am possessed of it myself but where is the girl i do not know that that signifies signifies yes it does signify a great deal but thorn thorn now that i remember it now that i can think of things it was was it not you yourself who told me that the baby did not live very possibly and was it a lie that you told me if so yes but it is no lie that i tell you now i believed you then thorn then when i was a poor broken-down day-labourer lying in jail rotting there but i tell you fairly i do not believe you now you have some scheme in this whatever scheme i may have you can frustrate by making another will what can i gain by telling you this i only do so to induce you to be more explicit in naming your heir they both remained silent for a while during which the baronet poured out from his hidden resource a glass of brandy and swallowed it when a man is taken aback suddenly by such tidings as these he must take a drop of something eh doctor dr thorne did not see the necessity but the present he felt was no time for arguing the point come thorne where is the girl you must tell me that she is my niece and i have a right to know she shall come here and i will do something for her by the lord i would as soon she had the money as any one else if she is anything of a good un some of it that is is she a good un good said the doctor turning away his face yes she is good enough she must be grown up by now none of your light skirts eh she is a good girl said the doctor somewhat loudly and sternly he could hardly trust himself to say much on this point mary was a good girl a very good girl till and sir roger raised himself up in his bed with his fist clenched as though he were again about to strike that fatal blow at the farmyard gate but come it's no good thinking of that you behaved well and manly always and so poor mary's child is alive at least you say so i say so and you may believe it why should i deceive you no no i don't see why but then why did you deceive me before to this the doctor chose to make no answer and again there was silence for a while what do you call her doctor her name is mary the prettiest women's name going there's no name like it said the contractor with an unusual tenderness in his voice mary yes but mary what what other name does she go by here the doctor hesitated mary scatcherd eh no not mary scatcherd not mary scatcherd mary what then you with your dashed pride wouldn't let her be called mary thorne i know this was too much for the doctor he felt that there were tears in his eyes 
so he walked away to the window to dry them unseen had he had fifty names each more sacred than the other the most sacred of them all would hardly have been good enough for her mary what doctor come if the girl is to belong to me if i am to provide for her i must know what to call her and where to look for her who talked of your providing for her said the doctor turning round at the rival uncle who said that she was to belong to you she will be no burden to you you are only told of this that you may not leave your money to her without knowing it she is provided for that is she wants nothing she will do well enough you need not trouble yourself about her but if she's mary's child mary's child in real truth i will trouble myself about her who else should do so for the matter of that i'd as soon say her as any of those others in america what do i care about blood i shan't mind her being a bastard that is to say of course if she's decently good did she ever get any kind of teaching book learning or anything of that sort dr thorne at this moment hated his friend the baronet with almost a deadly hatred that he rough brute as he was for he was a rough brute that he should speak in such language of the angel who gave to that home in greshamsbury so many of the joys of paradise that he should speak of her as in some degree his own that he should inquire doubtingly as to her attributes and her virtues and then the doctor thought of her italian and french readings of her music of her nice books and sweet lady ways of her happy companionship with patience oriel and her dear bosom friendship with beatrice gresham he thought of her grace and winning manners and soft polished feminine beauty and as he did so he hated sir roger scatcherd and regarded him with loathing as he might have regarded a wallowing hog at last a light seemed to break in upon sir roger's mind dr thorne he perceived did not answer his last question he perceived also that the doctor was affected with some more than ordinary emotion why should it be that this subject of mary scatcherd's child moved him so deeply sir roger had never been at the doctor's house at greshamsbury had never seen mary thorne but he had heard that there lived with the doctor some young female relative and thus a glimmering light seemed to come in upon sir roger's bed he had twitted the doctor with his pride had said that it was impossible that the girl should be called mary thorne what if she were so called what if she were now warming herself at the doctor's hearth well come thorne what is it you call her tell it out man and look you if it's your name she bears i shall think more of you a deal more than ever i did yet come thorne i'm her uncle too i have a right to know she is mary thorne isn't she the doctor had not the hardihood nor the resolution to deny it yes said he that is her name she lives with me yes and lives with all those grand folks at greshamsbury too i have heard of that 
she lives with me and belongs to me and is as my daughter she shall come over here lady scatcherd shall have her to stay with her she shall come to us and as for my will i'll make another i'll yes make another will or else alter that one but as to miss thorne coming here what mary well mary as to mary thorne coming here that i fear will not be possible she cannot have two homes she has cast her lot with one of her uncles and she must remain with him now do you mean to say that she must never have any relation but one but one such as i am she would not be happy over here she does not like new faces you have enough depending on you i have but her enough why i have only louis philippe i could provide for a dozen girls well 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 we will not talk about that ah but thorn you have told me of this girl now and i cannot but talk of her if you wished to keep the matter dark you should have said nothing about it she is my niece as much as yours and thorn i loved my sister mary quite as well as you loved your brother quite as well any one who might now have heard and seen the contractor would have hardly thought him to be the same man who a few hours before was urging that the barchester physician should be put under the pump you have your son scatcherd i have no one but that girl i don't want to take her from you i don't want to take her but surely there can be no harm in her coming here to see us i can provide for her thorn remember that i can provide for her without reference to louis philippe what are ten or fifteen thousand pounds to me remember that thorn dr thorn did remember it in that interview he remembered many things and much passed through his mind on which he felt himself compelled to resolve somewhat too suddenly would he be justified in rejecting on behalf of mary the offer of pecuniary provision which this rich relative seemed so well inclined to make or if he accepted it would he in truth be studying her interests scatcherd was a self-willed obstinate man now indeed touched by unwonted tenderness but he was one to whose lasting tenderness dr thorne would be very unwilling to trust his darling he did resolve that on the whole he should best discharge his duty even to her by keeping her to himself and rejecting on her behalf any participation in the baronet's wealth as mary herself had said some people must be bound together and their destiny that of himself and his niece seemed to have so bound them she had found her place at greshamsbury her place in the world and it would be better for her now to keep it than to go forth and seek another that would be richer but at the same time less suited to her no scatcherd he said at last she cannot come here she would not be happy here and to tell the truth i do not wish her to know that she has other relatives ah she would be ashamed of her mother you mean 
"'And of a mother's brother, too, eh? "'She's too fine a lady, I suppose, "'to take me by the hand and give me a kiss "'and call me her uncle. "'I and Lady Scatcherd would not be grand enough for her, eh? "'You may say what you please, Scatcherd. "'I, of course, cannot stop you. "'But I don't know how you'll reconcile "'what you are doing to your conscience. "'What right can you have to throw away the girl's chance, "'now that she has a chance?' "'What fortune can you give her?' "'I have done what little I could,' said Thorne, proudly. "'Well, well, 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 I never heard such a thing in my life, never. "'Mary's child, my own Mary's child, and I'm not to see her. "'But, Thorne, I tell you what, I will see her. "'I'll go over to her. "'I'll go to Greshamsbury and tell her who I am, and what I can do for her. "'I tell you fairly, I will.' "'You shall not keep her away from those who belong to her, "'and can do her a good turn. "'Mary's daughter, another Mary Scatcherd. "'I almost wish she were called Mary Scatcherd. "'Is she like her, Thorne? "'Come, tell me that. Is she like her mother?' "'I do not remember her mother, at least not in health.' "'Not remember her? Ah, well.' "'She was the handsomest girl in Barchester, anyhow. "'That was given up to her. "'Well, I didn't think to be talking of her again. "'Thorne, you cannot but expect that I shall go over and see Mary's child. "'Now, Scatcherd, look here.' "'And the doctor, coming away from the window where he had been standing, "'sat himself down by the bedside. "'You must not come over to Greshamsbury.' "'Oh, but I shall.' "'Listen to me, Scatcherd. "'I do not want to praise myself in any way, "'but when that girl was an infant, six months old, "'she was like to be a thorough obstacle "'to her mother's fortune in life. "'Tomlinson was willing to marry your sister, "'but he would not marry the child, too. "'Then I took the baby, "'and I promised her mother "'that I would be to her as a father.' I have kept my word as fairly as I have been able. She has sat at my hearth, and drunk of my cup, and been to me as my own child. After that, I have a right to judge what is best for her. Her life is not like your life, and her ways are not as your ways. Ah, that is just it. We are too vulgar for her. You may take it as you will said the doctor, who was too much in earnest to be in the least afraid of offending his companion. I have not said so, but I do say that you and she are unlike in your way of living. She wouldn't like an uncle with a brandy-bottle under his head, eh? You could not see her without letting her know what is the connection between you. Of that I wish to keep her in ignorance. I never knew anyone yet who was ashamed of a rich connection. "'How do you mean to get a husband for her, eh?' "'I have told you of her existence,' continued the doctor, "'not appearing to notice what the baronet had last said, "'because I found it necessary that you should know the fact "'of your sister having left this child behind her. "'You would otherwise have made a will different from that intended, "'and there might have been a lawsuit and mischief and misery when we are gone.' "'You must perceive that I have done this in honesty to you. 
and you yourself are too honest to repay me by taking advantage of this knowledge to make me unhappy oh very well doctor at any rate you are a brick i will say that but i'll think of all this i'll think of it but it does startle me to find that poor mary has a child living so near to me and now scatcherd i will say good-bye we part as friends don't we oh but doctor you ain't going to leave me so what am i to do what doses shall i take how much brandy may i drink may i have a grill for dinner dash me doctor you have turned filgrave out of the house you mustn't go and desert me dr thorne laughed and then sitting himself down to write medically gave such prescriptions and ordinances as he found to be necessary they amounted but to this that the man was to drink if possible no brandy and if that were not possible then as little as might be this having been done the doctor again proceeded to take his leave but when he got to the door he was called back thorn thorn about that money for mr gresham do what you like do just what you like ten thousand is it well he shall have it i'll make winterbourne's write about it at once five per cent isn't it no four and a half well he shall have ten thousand more thank you scatcherd thank you i am really very much obliged to you i am indeed i wouldn't ask it if i was not sure your money is safe good-bye old fellow and get rid of that bedfellow of yours and again he was at the door thorn said sir roger once more thorn just come back for a minute you wouldn't let me send a present would you fifty pounds or so just to buy a few flounces the doctor contrived to escape without giving a definite answer to this question and then having paid his compliments to lady scatcherd remounted his cob and rode back to greshamsbury end of chapter twelve recording by nick whitley purley united kingdom